Welcome to the January 1st, 2019 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. This is the first podcast of 2019. We started way back in the beginning of August 2018, and it's awesome to be here in 2019. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. So jumping right into that market analysis, because what we do here is we do the deep dive, in-depth market analysis, and then we integrate the biggest stories going on in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin's actually gone up a bit. It's at $3,800 right now. So the first day of the new year was pretty profitable for Bitcoin. By the way, this was recorded in the very early morning of the second, but I'm not going to do the show for the second until after the stock markets run their course for the day because the stocks are having a bigger and bigger effect on the Bitcoin market. And I'm going to go into that in a little bit, but right now the initial price analysis. So Bitcoin was at uh, $3,670, maybe like almost $3,700 on New Year's Eve as the ball dropped in New York City and it stayed that way throughout you know the morning of New Year's Day and then it dropped it dropped to 3630 a little bit of a drop a little depressing but then boom there started to be some rally action and then a big green candle uh, in the evening Eastern US time on January 1st and Bitcoin spiked all the way to 3850 and then it leveled off a bit and now it's at 3800 so Bitcoin's up a good about like $100, $150 from in one day. And that's a positive sign. And I've been talking about how the first week of the month kind of sets which way are the Chicago Mercantile Exchange CME Bitcoin futures traders going to bet for the month. Because I've talked about on numerous past shows, I don't want to go too much into it this time, that the CME Bitcoin futures, which launched on December 17th, 2017, have a major influence on the market. They operate through Globex. They're the same sort of futures that have been suppressing and controlling the uh, gold market for years. The paper gold markets on Comex via Globex totally control the gold price in the world. And now something similar is happening with the Bitcoin market, with the Bitcoin futures on CME. And that one important fact is there's not been uh, two months in a row where Bitcoin's price has gone up. The time when Bitcoin's price goes up is defined by the contract period for the month. If it goes up for a month, it starts crashing right after the contract expires. If it goes down for the month, it crashes right when that contract expires. It goes down towards the contract. Basically, when the CME Bitcoin futures traders bet on an up or a down month, they kind of help manipulate the market. These are some very powerful people. And truth be told, Bitcoin's market cap, even after this little rise, is $67 billion. It's extremely easy to manipulate the Bitcoin market compared to other assets like gold and stocks. Stocks are pretty hard to manipulate, but still possible. Gold is manipulatable for Globex. They could control the gold market. And then Bitcoin's is like easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. $67 billion market cap is nothing for these Globex CME Bitcoin futures traders. So the last contract expired on December 28th, 2018. And there was a nice thing called banging in the close that obviously happened. The price of Bitcoin dropped all at once from like over 3900 to uh, less than 3700 all at once, right when that contract is expiring. And that banging the close is basically like the futures traders manipulate the underlying spot market to increase their futures profits because they short sell. And if the price drops right before the contract expires and settles, then they get more cash. So... So far since the contract expiration, first Bitcoin popped up to like 3850 or something, maybe as high as not 3900 like 3870 And then it went down since then. And uh, 
So if this first week in the month is defined by Bitcoin going down, it's not going to be a good sign for the rest of January 2019. And so far, Bitcoin has not exceeded where it was after the contract expired. It almost did when that little rally happened um, on you know New Year's, which is the show we're doing right now. Uh, Bitcoin went up to 38.50, but it wasn't quite where it was right as the contract expired. It was at 38.70 a couple of times. And then it stopped right there. It really stopped right there. Almost a sign of manipulation. Like we had a nice rally going on. And then it was just capped off right below the level where the month started. And this is almost an indication that, yeah, perhaps this month is going to go short. It's not a firm indication. We still need another few days, maybe another week of data to know for sure. Is this month long or short for the Bitcoin futures traders? I'm starting to think it's short, though, because there's numerous red candles. Yeah, we had the green candle yesterday, but there was a lot of red candles in between and keeping the price suppressed. A surefire sign that this month is not a short and they might go long. Uh, it could happen still. It's not set in stone yet. Like, let's say the stocks crash today and then Bitcoin starts rallying. They just let it start rallying. They could just take up long positions like most of the traders. It's only been a few days. Most of them have been off during the New Year's Eve and New Year's. So maybe today, when the stock market's open, if it's crashing all day, they could take up some long positions. And a surefire sign of that will be if Bitcoin goes up to like 3,900, 4,000, above 4,000, then we could be looking at a huge rally in January. So I think today is actually pretty pivotal. I'm talking, like this is the January 1st podcast, but I'm talking about January 2nd. Uh, the stocks were closed on January 1st, and it was a pretty slow day besides that rally at the end of the day. And maybe that rally was caused by the stock futures starting to show negative. Like, I'm going to show you the stock futures right now, or at least talk about it, I mean. And yeah, the stock futures, last time I looked, it was like Dow Jones down 200 points, but I looked early, early in the morning. All right, so looking now, down 370 points. The Dow Jones futures are down 370 points. In past days, the past few days, uh, it's actually been up in the morning, and then it went up through the morning, and then it kind of crashed. Like, the market's very volatile and in fear right now, so even if the market starts up, it kind of crashes. It's looking like the market's going to start crashing today. I mean, it's only 6 a.m. in the morning. There's three and a half hours where this could change, but it might just get worse. It's possible the market could start down hundreds of points, and then based on past days, it wouldn't get better in the middle of the day. It might just get really bad. So this is looking like a very down day, and none of the mechanisms they've been using to make the stock market go up are working right now. Maybe, just maybe though, because there's this thing called the Plunge Protection Team. It's like a bunch of big banks and institutions that get on the phone together when the stocks are crashing down like a thousand points. They're like, okay, we're going to buy like a hundred billion dollars of stuff right now, because they have the money. They got like trillions of dollars, and then they can pump it back up. I mean, that's always possible in the middle of the day. It's happened twice now. Uh, when the stock crash was about to enter bear market territory, the plunge protection team activated on two different days, and there was a thousand point rally on two different days, uh, intraday. Like in the middle of the day, it was like down, like let's say 500 points, then it went up to positive 500, sort of thing. So it's possible that even if there's a really bad crash, the stocks will go up, but it's a it's bad sign. It raises fear. Like anyone that wakes up this morning and looks at the stock futures is going to be like, wow, that's bad. And then uh, it's worth looking at. What are the actual stocks doing in, like, Asia right now? I'm pretty sure Asia has been open since, like, midnight. I used to track this for fun. I used to be on my computer in the middle of the night when I was a little kid looking at the stocks in Asia. So let's see how they're doing. Uh, it's not that bad. The Hong Sheng Index is down pretty bad. It's down 700 points. And it actually has a similar magnitude to the Dow Jones. It's at, like, 25,000 points. So it's down, like, 3%. And then the Shenzhen's down uh, 1.5%. So Asia's looking down. 
Europe's open too. Europe is down like 1% to 2%. And then we have the Dow Jones futures down like 1% to 2%. So that's all consistent. So it looks like it's a down day for stocks. And if the stocks really get bloody today, and even if the plunge protection team jumps in, people know when they jump in. So it doesn't like trick anyone that's like an expert, which is most of the people that are trading with the big money, they know when it's the plunge protection team. If all that happens, uh, Bitcoin could see a rally above that $3,800, $3,900 level. It's sitting at $3,800 right now. Because, you know, Bitcoin's a global thing. So, perhaps this little rally that I'm seeing before midnight on January 1st was actually when, like, the Asian stock market opened, pretty much. So, Bitcoin's global. It never stops trading. It was trading all New Year's. It was trading all Christmas. It never stops trading. And so, we're seeing the impacts, like, worldwide. It's not like when the American stock market's open, that's when it reacts. I mean, there is a reaction at that time, but there's reactions when Asia opens, Europe opens, and America opens. And by the way, this isn't how it was. During the first 10 years of Bitcoin's existence, the stock market was going up really consistently. It was just going up and up and up. But it was long theorized that, hey, if the stock market ever does bad, Bitcoin's a safe haven because it's independent of the stock market. Well, it's been unneeded safe haven until now. But now the NASDAQ was pretty much in a bear market and then it like probably moved out of the bear market territory briefly. But the American stocks are entering a bear market. Many stock indices around the world have entered a bear market for the first time since Bitcoin was created. A bear market's a 20% drop off the highs. And usually bear markets, they don't just end at 20%. They have momentum. Companies start firing workers. Companies start collapsing. People start losing their money. And it has like a feedback loop. So 20% is kind of like the mark where so much damage has been done, that damage will continue. That's why it's called a bear market. I mean, we just went through it in the crypto world. It's not all just about the price. So the price of Bitcoin crashed and then a bunch of companies went out of business. Crypto and blockchain companies. And that has a huge feedback loop that makes it go down more and more and more until you hit a bottom way below 20% down. Like the Bitcoin market actually went down like 85%. The stock market can be that bad sometimes. It's possible for it to go down like a lot. But it, of course that would be catastrophic if it went down 85%. We're talking like a real catastrophic stock market would be down like 50%. Probably not 85%. But anyways, not to get ahead of ourselves, but just back to the point I'm making. So ever since the month opened uh, for the Bitcoin futures traders after the December 28th expiration, uh, Bitcoin has not exceeded $3,900. If it exceeds $3,900 today and that could continue to $4,4100, we could be t looking at a huge rally for the month. That would cause the CME traders to take up long positions this time, and they would help the market rise while there's a bunch of people from the stock market entering the Bitcoin market at the same time. Because the stock market's probably going to do poorly. Um, they could use the plunge protection team as much as they can, but you can't stop the momentum of a global stock crash. So, yeah, it's very interesting times. Like today, Jan like January 2nd, this is the January 1st show, but I'm going to do the January 2nd show after this all shakes out. It could be a very interesting day for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency markets. A very good day, possibly. It's already shaping up to be a good day. Bitcoin's up like 2%, a little more now. And Ethereum's doing really good. Ethereum has overtaken Ripple. Yes, it has in the market cap. Ethereum has spiked over 10%. It's at $150. I'm proud of Ethereum. I like Ethereum a lot better than XRP. XRP's kind of like a centralized system. It's good for cross-border payments in the same way a bank's good for cross-border payments. It's a little better than a bank, but Ethereum is really, I think, the number two crypto this whole time. Even though Ethereum's been ranked less, less than XRP, Ethereum is really the number two crypto. It's the number one crypto for decentralized app development, the number one crypto for smart contracts. Like, Bitcoin has the currency game on point. 
Bitcoin's like the currency of the crypto world, obviously, and of the internet. While Ethereum's like where you build the things. You have the smart contracts, the dApps. And it's nice to see some money pump back into it. Uh, it's at $15.6 billion now, $150. Um, so $15.6 billion market cap, while Bitcoin's at $67 billion. And Ethereum rally's continuing right now. And this Ethereum rally, like, I actually talked about this on the past couple shows. Uh, the Constantinople hard fork's coming up in the middle of the month. And that might cause, like, a minor conflict because I'm not saying minor as in minor. I'm saying miners as in, like, you know, cryptocurrency miners. So they might, there might be a conflict between the developers and the cryptocurrency miners for Ethereum because they're slashing the block works from 3 Ether to 2 Ether. They might be blo- blocking ASIC mining, which is most of the mining equipment. And th- But besides like any sort of tension that may develop when the fork actually happens, before a big fork like Constantinople, like Bitcoin Cash had a fork, and there was a big rally before the fork, even though it was really obvious Bitcoin Cash was going to have a war. And Bitcoin Cash kind of decimated itself. It's like down to $164. And then there's Bitcoin SV was born. It's below $100. But back to Ethereum. So people might be expecting Ethereum to rally and make it rally because they'll be speculating that, hey, the inflation rate for Ethereum is going to drop. It's going to have a bunch of new features that are good for new DApp development. And I think Ethereum could have a serious rally over the next week or two if the overall crypto market doesn't crash. So if today's stock market like really crashes and then we see a break above 3,800, 3,900, 4,000 level for Bitcoin, like Ethereum's having its own little rally on top of that for the next two weeks until the fork happens. And the fork's probably going to be contentious at the least. Like tension, worst, it'll be a blockchain split and a war between two different cryptocurrencies, Ethereum and then Ethereum new or I don't know. So yeah, Ethereum's looking pretty good right now and it's in for probably quite a rally. It's probably going to cement its lead above XRP. XRP's at 14.9 billion. It's up a little today, but not nearly up as much as Ethereum is. How about the rest of the market? Well, EOS is up 3.5% too. EOS is a blockchain platform for developing dApps. It's a bit more centralized, a lot more centralized than Ethereum. Like Ethereum has a whole decentralized group of miners, while EOS has block producers that like get on a conference call and like, oh, we're going to freeze this account. Like sometimes, not all the time, but... Yeah, they have, like, a list of accounts they freeze regularly because, like, supposedly they're hacked or something that's best to freeze it, I guess. I don't see how that's good. But, yeah, we're not going to get too into that. We're not going to get stuck in the mud with EOS today. How about Stellar? Well, Stellar's just up, like, nothing. It's, like, pretty much flat today. Stellar's kind of like Ripple. Uh, Jeb McKellar left, left Ripple. He had disagreements with them, and he made Stellar, and they're kind of similar. And then Litecoin is up 5% today. Pretty good. It's uh, approaching $33.00. And uh, today, this could just be the tip of the iceberg today. Like, if the stock market's... Like, when people are waking up and seeing those futures values, knowing that there's an increase in relationship between Bitcoin and the stock market, when they wake up and see those futures, before the market even opens, people could be buying Bitcoin. So, and then that causes other cryptocurrencies to go up automatically because most of the trading pairs are, like, in terms of Bitcoin. So, cryptocurrency could have literally no trading at all, and it would still go up in value versus dollars if Bitcoin goes up. And then, of course, people are diversifying, too, to the other ones like Litecoin. So Litecoin's approaching $2 billion market cap. Uh, Tether is at $1.01. It's uh, relaxed from $1.02, which is good. Hopefully, one day, it, it reaches parity and just stays there. I doubt it, though. All right, then we have Tron. Tron's very popular. I got to research Tron. I, had a, I don't understand what it is besides, like, it was an attempted, like, media distribution platform on the blockchain and they bought BitTorrent. I don't know what they're doing besides that. Apparently they're making D apps and smart contracts. I got to look into that aspect. 
And then IOTA, the number one directed to stick the graph coin, has won over a billion dollar market cap again. So the tide is rising. All the cryptos are coming with it, basically. The only one I'd see down is Bitcoin SV, which is like the evil cousin of Bitcoin Cash. Uh, so yeah, IOTA is up over a billion dollar market cap. IOTA is good for like storing data on the Internet of Things and scientists and all that. Monero, the number one privacy coin, up 5%. So actually, the privacy coin is one down yesterday, and now they're going up today. So it kind of like canceled each other out. Like Monero, Dash, and Zcash are all down. Now Monero and Zcash are both up 5%, and Dash is up like 2%. So the tide is rising. Like basically all the way down the board, everything's up. I'm seeing a few outliers, like Waves is down, but I think Waves is way up the other day. And then I'll go down the list all the way to Dogecoin. It's up like 1%, $280 million market cap. So yeah, that's the market analysis for the day. The stock market is not looking good today so far in the morning. I mean, literally, I could do my show for January 2nd, and the, the plunge protection team will have jumped in and made it go up a 1,000 points. You never know with the stock market. Even though the stock market's the biggest asset class for trading, it's really highly manipulatable. So we'll see. If it really goes down today and Bitcoin really goes up, that could be, like, the flavor of the month. If it kind of gets confused because... The plunge protection team makes it go up like the stock market and then Bitcoin like kind of struggles because of that. You know, that could be also the flavor of the month. The confusion as the stock should be going down, but they're not really going down. All, all the indicators are pointing that they are going down sort of thing. And then Bitcoin's are kind of like struggling and going down a little. So I think today's going to define, will the stock market go down when it should? We'll find out. Or will the stock market always be saved by the plunge protection team every day in the month and Bitcoin will just kind of go down because people don't think they need a safe haven yet? That's going to be like a big decision. I think today, well, January 2nd is going to be a big deal. And we'll find out when the stock market opens at like 9.30 a.m. Eastern time and closes at 4 p.m. So we got like all day. Don't hold your breath for it. Just do what you do. Anyways, so I saw one interesting story. Craig Wright was trying to get the case dismissed against him. He's being sued for like a million Bitcoins, but now it's like 300,000 Bitcoins. Apparently him and Dave Kleinman, who was a really hardcore cypherpunk, a good guy, unfortunately he died. Uh, so Craig Wright and Dave Kleinman apparently mined a bunch of Bitcoin together. And uh, in the court documents, it almost outlined it to be like Craig Wright is Satoshi and so is Dave Kleinman. But then I looked into it further because of this recent info. Uh, the federal judge for the case, like basically said, this case is not dismissed. We're gonna go through with this case. And they're asking Craig Wright for more comments because Craig Wright submitted a long document uh, saying that all the different reasons the case should be dismissed. And he had some pretty like strong reasons and actually agreed with like a couple of them, but then they said they need more comments on a few of them. So maybe the case will get dismissed eventually, but basically Dave Kleinman and Craig Wright mined a ton of Bitcoins together, like a million Bitcoins together back in the early, early days. And then Dave Kleinman died, and then Craig Wright did not give not he didn't give one of the bitcoins to Dave Kleinman's estate. Like he didn't leave any inheritance for Dave Kleinman's kids and stuff, and that's really unfortunate and not right. So hopefully he fixes that. Maybe it'll just settle outside of court. Like that's what usually happens in civil lawsuits. This is not a criminal lawsuit; it's a civil lawsuit. So maybe Craig Wright will probably just settle, and we'll never know how much he gave to you know the estate of Dave Kleinman, but. Yeah, basically, that's what's going on a bit. I'm going to come back tomorrow with more info on this. I'm actually, like, reading all the case documents right now, trying to figure this out. It's actually, like, in Florida, which is where I am. It's, like, in Miami. So, like, this is a huge, probably, like, the biggest Bitcoin lawsuit in history. Like, a million Bitcoins being sued for. And they're saying they want, like, at least 300000 for the state of Dave Kleinman.
And Craig Wright previously claimed he was Satoshi, and they call him Fake Toshi, because he said he's Satoshi, he's going to prove it, and then he never proved it. And then he kind of, over time, he's been releasing, like, signatures using uh, Satoshi's private key, but he's actually just kind of hacking the uh, messages. So if Satoshi leaves a message uh, signed with his Bitcoin private key, that would be proof it's Satoshi. But you could actually hack the message to, like, be a little different, but still verify sort of thing, but it'll come out as gibberish. And Craig Wright's been doing that, and people don't think he actually has the private key. Besides, Gavin Anderson said Craig Wright has the private key and showed him. But who knows? This is one person saying that. Craig Wright did not show the world that he has the private key after he made a big buzz that he was Satoshi. He claimed to the world. People actually kind of believed him, but then he never proved it. And then we have a lawsuit that was saying he's Satoshi, but then I find out basically the documents that say Craig Wright Satoshi and the lawsuit are from the people trying to sue him. So they're trying to say he's Satoshi and therefore he has all the Bitcoins and they want his Bitcoins because they kind of owe it to him because their dad was mining with him sort of thing. But like now that I understand that, it's not like surefire proof that Craig Wright is Satoshi. I used to think it was, but now I understand that was from, you know, the people suing him saying it was so he didn't say that himself in the lawsuit even though he said it publicly like throughout 2016 like right when bitcoin started rising again he's like i'm satoshi and then he now he's like he's just kind of like in charge of bitcoin cash sv bitcoin sv so craig Wright satoshi bitcoin sv and he has that so you know yeah he's the founder of at least one cryptocurrency probably not bitcoin but we'll find out everything in the future i guess all right so that's all i have for you today on this January 1st, 2019 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back for another exciting episode, and we're going to see how the stock market situation shakes out. If the stocks really plunge today, it'll be great news for Bitcoin. If it gets saved, that'll be the flavor of the month, like I said. Like, the stocks should be going down, but they'll get saved, like, over and over, and, you know, Bitcoin probably won't go up much. So we're going to really find out today. You know, what's the policy? What are they going to do about the stocks going down? They're just going to pump it up with everyone's money and buy stocks or let it go down. All right, so go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out.